0: It seems like it happens every, three, every few months. Someone who has been widely admired is revealed to have some very unadmirable aspects. If there's someone from the past, we feel the loss of another hero. If they're still around, we bemoan the loss of a good role model for today's kids. We also often end up in a debate about whether to use their works anymore, but that's a whole other ball game and I'm not going to get into it today. Speaking of ball games, the title of this sermon refers to one of the greatest baseball players of all time. Joe DiMaggio was chosen for the All-Stars every year of of his career. He was the league's most valuable player three times. He had a career batting average of 325. And in his sensational year of 1941, he got a hit in 56 games in a row, a record that has stood firm for 80 years. Not only that, but it being wartime, he enlisted in the Air Force and requested a combat assignment. He was turned down for that, but his willingness to sacrifice his career and his life made his fans admire him even more. All this, and he married Marilyn Monroe. So when Paul Simon of Simon and Garfunkel wanted to write a song about the fading of certain American ideals, he included the lines, where have you gone, Joe DiMaggio? The nation turns its lonely eyes to you. A few years after the song was a hit, Joe DiMaggio and Paul Simon met by happenstance. DiMaggio had a question that had clearly been bothering him. What I don't understand is why you ask where I've gone. I just did a Mr. Coffee commercial. I'm a spokesman for the Bowery Savings Bank, and I haven't gone anywhere. Simon assured him that what he meant was, where are these great heroes now? And DiMaggio was assuaged. They shook hands and parted. But the question remains for us. Where are our heroes? Where are the people who are larger than life whom we can look up to and admire without reservation? This question arose in our White Folks Dismantling White Supremacy group recently. Now, it is not news to anyone in attendance in that group that Thomas Jefferson was a slaveholder all his adult life and he did not even free the people he had enslaved when he died. But learning some of the specific things that the author of the Declaration of Independence had said about non-white people and the details of what he had done, well, many of us found that it left an emptiness where there had been a hero maybe a hero to us personally, certainly a hero of our country's story the way we heard it. Part of the reason that this kind of work, this anti-racism work is challenging is because the figures whom we'd thought of as larger than life turn out to be in some ways downright small. And part of the reason that it is necessary, this work is that the lie That they are perfect, that they are larger than life, has shaped who we are as a country. It has shamed people of color into accepting their lesser lot. It has gaslit generations into believing that there's no moral conflict between holding slaves and proclaiming liberty. We have an expression for these demoralizing disillusioned discoveries, and it comes from the passage from Daniel we heard a little while ago. Feet of clay. We think of our heroes as being made of gold, silver, iron, bronze, but when we look closely, we may discover that all this strength and glory rests on feet of mere clay. Worse, as you may have noticed in the reading, they're a mix of iron strengths and clay weaknesses. So A blow breaks the clay from the iron and all collapses. It's worth exploring why we can feel personally shattered when we learn that a hero is deeply flawed. Is it really so surprising that heroes are people too? And I think, yes, often it is. The way we talk about heroes denies their humanity secretly or openly, we may think that people are pretty simple and straightforward. And if they're good and admirable in one way, they're going to be good and admirable in all ways. Now, when we put it like that, that we can recognize that that's naive. As naive as imagining that because someone is really, really good at hitting a baseball, he's going to be a fine and admirable person in every other way or even any other way. Of course, that's not true. Okay, but what if the hero's feeling is in the precise realm of their achievements? What if they're someone like Jefferson, who wrote, all men are created equal. He proclaimed, not only for himself, but for all of us, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, including specifically liberty. How can we believe that his ideal is even something we can practice? if he couldn't even release his own children from lifelong enslavement. Maybe those fine words, now that we know they were in some way empty heir to him, become empty air to us. Or to look at a more contemporary example, J.K. Rowling has used her considerable public platform to promote pseudo-scientific justifications for anti-trans opinions. When challenged after a recent statement, she doubled down, insisting that she supported trans people and their rights and dignity, while undercutting those rights and that dignity on on the backstroke. How many readers and admirers learned something very different from her Harry Potter series? These books are all about tolerance of difference, acceptance of others, the importance of opposing bigotry, even at the cost of one's own life, the toxicity of having in and out groups, better and lesser kinds of people. If we learned all of that from her, how can she not get it? Well, Tara Moore has a persuasive theory that people often proclaim the truths they most need to learn. Creators are on the cutting edge of their own thought, their own discoveries. They are channeling something beyond their own understanding, something wiser, something better. If you think about it that way, it's a little wonder that they so often fail on exactly that edge. And by that thinking, maybe Jefferson preached liberty and equality because something called him to be a better man than he was, than he ever managed to be. And that something was speaking within him saying, this is what's right, liberty, equality, even as he could not live them out. I have another explanation, a companion to Tara Moore's. It's so simple that it can be summed up in three words. People are complicated. We're all a tangle of contradictions, a mess of conflicting impulses, and at any given moment, while part of us is moving toward the light, another is cowering under the blankets. We know this about ourselves, if we know anything about ourselves at all. That's why we need to welcome ourselves and each other into this space with a song like we sang this morning, come, come, whoever you are. We know that we need to be welcomed despite our flaws. We need to be invited in as works in progress or not at all because that's what we are and always will be. We need aspiration and those we admire help us to imagine whom we might become. But we don't need to pretend that we or they are perfect. That's why we participate in a congregation to become a little better than we were, to make the world better than it was, to hold a grand vision before our eyes and move towards it. Would you join me in a brief exercise? Would you reflect for a moment on someone you admire tremendously, someone you might describe as one of your heroes if that's language you use, Somebody that you try to emulate, somebody you want to be more like yourself and spend a little time in your mind, identifying who they are and what is important to you about them. And then observing only one rule, if you would like to please post their name to the chat. This is the rule, the only rule. None of us may criticize or give any information about our own hero or anyone else's. So don't introduce them saying, I know they're probably not perfect, but. And no responding to anybody else's hero, him, don't you know that he, you know, yada, yada, yada. The only thing that will appear here is names. I'll read them aloud as they appear. I see Ruth Bader Ginsburg and a concurrence. I see... Julie Andrews, Bernie Sanders, Nancy Neff, Ellen Malcolm, Leo Tolstoy, Barack Obama, that's twice. Whoa, they're going too fast for me, wonderful. Uh, Gil Franzdal, my stepmom, Laura Shonborn, Jane Goodall, my mom, someone wrote, Woody Guthrie, Abby Rhodes, good friend from college, Drug Dixit, Lindy Ramson, Hillary Clinton, John McCain, Eleanor Roosevelt, Ruth Bader Ginsburg again, Richard Feynman, I know I missed some as they were going by so quickly. Maybe not. Maybe I caught them all. Seconding of Richard Feynman, Nancy Goodman, Frederick Chopin, Joe Morgan. George Eliot. Okay, here's a question for you then. Brooke Bashara, Jackie Robinson. I'm gonna turn off my chat at the moment for the moment and ask you this question. Would discovering a deep flaw in this person erase the good that you have gained from emulating them? I'm going to ask that again. If you found out tomorrow that this person had done something despicable that you had never known about before, would you lose this North Star to follow? Would you lose the good you had gained by following it so far? I didn't name the first person I thought of, Jonathan Kozol, and no, no, what he's given me, he has given me, regardless of what else I might learn about him in the future. One reason there's a little uproar each time an admired person does something unadmirable is that we've lost a role model. And it's true, we need role models, children do, it's scientifically demonstrated how important that is, I think adults do too. But the term might help guide us to a wiser understanding of what this whole business of hero worship or hero following is. Role, model. They model something to do, a way to be in one role. So what if instead of making somebody a hero when we admire something about them, why don't we just admire that, admire that thing. This would make them more complex in our understanding, because they are. It would make their greatness more attainable by us ordinary folk, because it is. And thereby it would make them better role models than a superhero could ever be. We can emulate what is truly good about them and not pretend that everything else is, whether in them or in ourselves. When Tara Moore observes that creators may be the channel for exactly the wisdom that they need to learn, she's opening up the possibility that they are not exemplars, although their words and creations may be. She goes on to say, thinking about it in this way entails letting go of a certain kind of hero worship, but I believe recognizing this truth is in no way settling. It's freedom from assuming that others have it all together. What if we looked for role models that instead of having it all together have something to teach us? That's all, just maybe one little thing as long as it's something we need. What if we looked, not for people who are exemplary in every way, but for people who are excelling in some role that we share? They may be brilliant managers, and we follow them in that without thinking that we should also teach, take them as our models in our parenting. They may be fabulous artists in the art that we love and try to pursue, and it doesn't have to mean that they are moral exemplars to us. Aren't we lucky to have so many people to look to, one for this quality, one for that. And aren't we blessed to know that none of them possesses them all? Maybe we could be released from that heartache, that disappointment, when we realize that yet another hero has fallen. And much more importantly, I think it releases us from an obligation and also places a responsibility upon us. Because we're not dreaming of superheroes anymore. The answer to the question, where have you gone, Joe DiMaggio, is the larger than life hero hasn't gone anywhere. He never existed in the first place. The man of that name was a fine baseball player, one of the best, that doesn't make him the model for the rest of our lives. We don't have to become spokespeople for Mr. Coffee when we don't even drink drip coffee. He didn't. But boy, it's hard. I was aware of a hesitation in myself in choosing words from Robert Downey Jr. as centering words. I wanted someone more heroic. And finally, that's what made him the right choice, I realized. Not only are his words wise about not trying to be a hero to his son, just trying to be a real person, which is hard enough. Not only is that wisdom for us, but his life is not always exemplary. And that's good to remember. We can learn from people who are not admirable in every way. And that is really good news because guess what? That's the only kind of people that exist. And in contrast, we have these words from another actor, Charles Bronson, When you see weakness in a hero, you are doing something to his identity. You take something away from the kids, the next generation. You steal away, giving them anything to look up to. There are two models of heroism here, two models of masculinity, two ideas of what it means to look up to someone and what we need in order to grow into the people we wish to become. Ultimately, I don't think Bronson's model can hold up because up top it's shiny like silver and strong like bronze, but its foundation is made of clay. Every hero has weaknesses. In perceiving that we are doing nothing to their identity except acknowledging it, the sad and beautiful truth that no one is perfect. In a poem called Hero Worship, Amy Lowell wrote of our fierce, untamable desire to have heroes, and she wrote that no amount of disillusionment can quench that need. If we do have a fierce, untamable desire for heroes, perhaps it is because we have a passionate desire to grow and learn, to be our better selves, to be better than we are right now. Our idols our idols are just that they are idols they're not true gods they're not worthy of worship. When an idol's feet are clay it's doomed to collapse, but when a model is made of clay that as it should be just a model still capable of being reformed and remade. Just like us. When someone is larger than life, then they are beyond us. But when they are just life sized, we can follow their example without illusions, but with a hope that is not easily dashed. That would be a wonderful thing to give to our children.